right, you can go ahead and be seated. And I can breathe now. That's good. It's, uh, it's been a long journey to get here. I'm about three minutes away. But I'm glad I made it. I came with the heart and excited to talk about the fact that this is my alma mater and I'm so thankful nothing has changed. But then I got here and I started getting fist bumps and high fives. And what's going on around here? You guys are, you guys are uh, compromising, no, no solid handshakes, and, and so of course we fist bumped, and it's good to see uh, Dr. Getch and Dr. R, and, uh, and really this school means so much to me. I just think of people that invested in my life and invested in uh, my family, and, uh, and that's what you're receiving right now, and you probably don't even realize what a blessed place you're in right now. And that's kind of what, what I'm going to talk about in just a moment, but I want you to know that it's an honor for me to be able to minister to you. Um, this this morning. You really are a great group of people. I believe this to be the honest truth. You are the hope of the world. And, uh, and I, I only have limited time. I'm not just wasting time or trying to fill time. I hope you understand uh, that you are touched of God. And God has a, and we know that God has a purpose for everyone's life. Uh, but you're, you're seeing that purpose fulfilled. You've been faithful. You're here at college. And God is going to do something great with you if you'll be faithful uh, to the Lord. Now, when they asked me to speak, I was like, wow, this is, this is like I just said, this is a great opportunity. I am absolutely honored. What am I going to speak about? And so I looked at the email, and the email said no specific topic. And I was like, uh-oh, maybe I can preach about faith, but that's a specific topic. Or maybe I can talk about, you know, joy, but that's a specific topic. So we'll just go to Genesis 1 and cover some general topics. Uh, I'm going to have you turn to 1 Thessalonians. I really did wrestle with what to speak on. And, uh, and again, it's just such a, an amazing opportunity to minister to you, this great group. And as I wrestled with it, there's some things I, I thought about, maybe some of the trends in Christianity. I'd love to have opportunity to uh, stand before some of those things and point out some areas, and I, I thought about some di different things, and, and the Lord brought me to a, a topic that is going to be very familiar to the season, and I think it'll be clear to you in a moment, but it's kind of a neat topic because the fact is it's not a specific topic in the sense that it, it threads through all the rest of the topics in the Bible, and I won't have time to cover all of that this morning, but, but I think you'll get a, um, a taste of that. We're in the middle of November. You walk into Walmart, there's Christmas stuff everywhere. You walk into Home Depot, Costco, Christmas stuff everywhere. The world is happy to jump from one holiday about uh, getting to the next holiday about getting. The world's happy to do that, but the world's not happy at all. The Bible tells us in Acts 20 and verse 35, I've showed you all things that how so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Life is spent living and giving, or it is sunk longing and getting. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. And while the world is happy, although it's not happy at all, we can see that. To jump from one holiday about getting to the next holiday about getting, I want you to understand Thanksgiving is a big deal. And I think we all understand in here, I'm not talking specifically about the holiday, but about the act of giving gratitude. 
This upcoming Sunday, I'll be preaching in the little chapel out in Mojave from Romans chapter 1. And I'm going to cover the topic of gratitude. I'm going to be talking about the fact that uh, gratitude could be the key to overcoming sin that's destroying each and every one of our lives. Gratitude's a big deal. At very least, if it's not the key to, to delivering us from the sin that's destroying our very lives, it would be a great alternative to the sins that we commit. Last Sunday, I preached from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and we finished up a series, and we were talking about real sacrifice and real service. And you'll see where this ties into you, because if you don't know it yet, God's call for your life, and really for everyone's life, is to sacrifice and to serve. You'll never be happy, you'll never know joy, you'll never see true success without genuine sacrifice and service. And yet we saw from the scriptures that genuine sacrifice and service requires gratefulness and faithfulness. And to have true faithfulness, you need to have gratefulness. And gratefulness is a powerful theme. Really, these are all great reasons that you should care. I think you probably know where we're at in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. The Bible says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And Lord, we thank you for even the theme of thank you. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. I have no doubt each and every one of us in here can grow in this grace. Lord, you've given so that we can give. There's nothing we can give you that you haven't first given us. This doesn't glorify us in any way. But I pray with genuine hearts of faithfulness, we would grow in gratitude. And Lord, that you'd be magnified in our lives. And I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. A Christian who doesn't know gratitude, and I want you to listen to this statement, doesn't know the power of God, the fulfillment of life, nor the joy and peace of the Holy Spirit. Now, you're in Bible college. I'm talking to, to, to some mature Christians here. I think each and every one of you understand, man, those are some things I want in my life. The power of God, the fulfillment of life, the joy and peace of the Holy Ghost. And yet without gratitude, you cannot know those things. You can pretend those things. You can uh, maybe uh, strive for those things. But without gratitude, you'll never know them. So what's the reason that you don't have gratitude? What's keeping you from gratitude? What's keeping you from the power of God, the fulfillment of life, and the joy and peace of the Holy Ghost? There are three reasons God gives us here in 1 Thessalonians 5.8 that we should be faithful to the command for gratitude within the command for gratitude itself. Number one, because of the work of God. The work of God. Look there at verse 18. It says, it says right here, in everything, give thanks. In everything. Not for everything, but in everything. And we understand as Christians that everything is under the control of God. And so in everything, not for everything, but in everything, we can be faithful to the command to give thanks. There's so much to be thankful for. And you might be sitting here right now saying, well, there's a lot of things not to be thankful for. And maybe, maybe just looking at your own life or maybe looking at some personal situations or some things happening in your home or family or with your school bill or at work or, uh, or in our society in America and politics in the world. You might say, man, there's a lot of things not to be thankful for. And that's the exact reason you need this message this morning. That's where your focus is all wrong. 
See, even in all of life's difficulties is the evidence of more blessing than that, that have gone without notice. To be sick, you must have been given health. To have financial withdrawal, you must have had financial deposit. To have loss, you must have had gain. And even in death, you must have had life. And in life, there's so much to be thankful for. The Bible says in everything we should give thanks. We should give thanks for the simple things. God has been so gracious unto you. Have you ever stopped and considered the fact that you exist? What, what should I give thanks for this morning, Pastor? Have you stopped and given thanks for the very fact you exist? Not that there's existence, but that you individually and personally exist. God created you and ordained you. And be, before the foundations of the earth, he knew you. Cared about you and designed you. No one here is an accident. And God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And he's brought you into existence. There's a universe. Scientifically, we understand there couldn't possibly be an end to space and time. But also, first law of thermodynamics, there must be something outside of that for that to be here. And within that universe, there's a galaxy. It's massive. Billions of stars. Multiple galaxies. Yet in one of those galaxies, there's a solar system. Nothing too special about it. Kind of a mediocre star. And around that mediocre star is planets swirling. And, and one of those planets has people. We have so much to be thankful for. People with a body and a soul and a spirit. The crown of God's creation. God has given you a, a body with functionality. You're breathing air this morning. Well, at least you're trying to. And you've had water to drink and food to eat and clothing and shelter. You live in a wonderful country and you have companionship and friends and family and church and Christianity. You have so much to be thankful for. The simple things. And then I think about the saints. Uh, there, even in the scriptures, if you look forward just maybe a page or two in 2 Thessalonians 1 and verse 3, Paul says, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet. In, in 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 2 and 4, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. Listen, I am so thankful for Christians. I'm so thankful for the saints. The Bible says in Psalm 2 and verse 1 and 2, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break his bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. And the world has a lot to say against Christianity. And the world wants to bring persecution upon us and condemn us. And hey, but listen, we have each other. And we're not alone. I'm so thankful for the, the local New Testament church. Thank God in the midst of this for some like-minded people. People I can shake hands with and break bread with and fellowship with and counsel with and share burdens with and pray with and worship the creator with. That I can rejoice with and hope with and cry with and laugh with and serve with. Listen, I am so thankful for Christians. Are you thankful for the brethren? I'm thankful for the simple things, and I'm thankful for the saints, and then, of course, I'm thankful for the Savior. There in 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 5, for our gospel came unto you in 
not unto you in word only, but also in power and the Holy Ghost and in much assurance as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost, that you were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. And from, from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith to God word is spread abroad so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. I'm so thankful for Jesus. Listen, Jesus is the answer for all the loss that is found in this system, the second law of thermodynamics. Matthew 5 and verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. For my sake rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Jesus is the answer for all the loss that we could experience in this system and all that is wrong and all that can be bad and all that we can complain about rather than give thanks for. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and still, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor still. Ultimately, without Jesus Christ, it's all, it's all in vain. Life is empty without Jesus Christ. And we could lay up and store all the riches, and we can live for all the things of this world. And I understand as a, as a Christian now who's been in ministry for almost oh, a little bit over a decade that, that you could even leave a Bible college and get the idea that this is some sort of bureaucracy and this is some sort of way to ma make a great living and, and earn a retirement or something like that. And, and we can live for all those things. But without Jesus Christ, it's all in vain. It's all empty. So thankful for our Savior. So thankful that there is good news, that there is the gospel that we just saw in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. It is sometimes the only thing to be thankful for. I'll tell you, when you stand before a family who has lost a son, and I speak from personal testimony here, a wayward child, 20 years old, made a profession of faith, but then stopped going to church and never got baptized, and, and eventually from his own destructive behavior lost his life. To be able to not have to point anything in this world, not our baptistry waters or our offering plate or our church, but to be able to point to the Savior. And the promises of the scriptures that they could have eternal life. Sometimes Jesus Christ is the only thing that we have to be thankful for. And it's enough. He is sufficient. I'm so thankful for the gospel. Reasons for thanks. Because of God's work. The verse continues there in 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 18. It says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. 
God's will is a reason to give thanks. God's work is a reason to give thanks, but God's will is a reason to give thanks. Gratitude is God's will. Now, you're at a time and place in your life where you're wondering, what is God's will? What is God's will? And, and I'm, I'm just going to say this. as one of the things I consider preaching on, finding, finding the Lord's will. I'm just, I'm just going to say this. There are some basic, obvious things that are the Lord's will, and if you'll be faithful to those things, he'll direct your steps. And so with all these questions, what is God's will? We have some awesome verses that tell us specifically, what is God's will for your life? God's will for your life is that you'd be grateful. Gratitude is God's will. God's presence, and I don't care how you want to spell that with a C or a T, and I think for a mature Christian, you understand God's presence with a C is a lot greater than God's presence with a T. That's just a byproduct. But God's presence, power, and promises are only ever found in his will. You can't know the promises of God. You can't know the presence of God. You can't, you, you can't know the, the power of God without being in God's will and without being grateful. You can't be in God's will. Why should I be thankful this morning? Because it's God's will. Now, I think about Jesus' life. Now, Jesus' life is the epitome of Christian living. Man, I want to be in God's will. I want to do what God has for me. I want to live like God would have me to live. Well, look at Jesus' life. So when the multitudes were hungry, what did he do? He gave thanks. In fact, every time he ate, he gave thanks. When the Father answered prayer, he gave thanks. And even before the cross, he gave thanks. A Christian without gratitude only has an attitude. God is worthy of your praise. God is worthy of your thanks. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Are you faithful to do his will? I'm not even sure what his will is for my life. Yes, you are. To be thankful. Are you faithful to his will? Do you purpose to give thanks? Do you have a set time in your daily schedule? Do you have a, a, a set plan when, when you have a meal or, or, or when you spend time maybe doing a, a favorite hobby or, or, or whatever it is, it, when you walk into the house of God? I mean, do you have a plan and a purpose that you're going to give thanks? Because if you don't, it won't be long before you don't. You can know God's presence, his power, and promises by giving thanks. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, and whatsoever things are of good report, and those aren't found on CNN or Fox News. Some of you ought to take your cell phones right now and find that news app or maybe that Facebook app, that social media app, and move it from where it's at and then find that Bible app and stick it right there. And out of force to have you, but oh, oops. Time to read my Bible. Time to give thanks. Time to think about some good report things. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Reasons to give thanks because of God's work and because of God's will, but then thirdly and finally because it's God's way. 
I love this. And I find this to be true over and over and over again throughout the Bible and everything I endeavor to do for the Lord. The Bible says here in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, says, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That's just like my God. That is just like my God. You know who he's concerned with? You. And when he says, hey, listen, this is my will, this is my command that you would give thanks, he, he's not like, hey, I, I kind of, I, I just need the emotional support today. I'm hoping that you wake up this morning and you just remember for a moment to thank me because I could really use it today. It's, it's been rough. This whole coronavirus thing has been rough. That's not God in heaven. His concern is not for him. His concern is for you. Gratitude is good for you. It doesn't build him up. He is who he is. Whether we give thanks or not, it builds you up. Gratitude is good for you. Now the truth is, in our natural state, we're always wanting more. We live in a system of loss, and so we always want. The first billionaire in America was, of course, Rockefeller. You probably heard the illustration. Billion dollars in his time would be equivalent to $318 billion today. Now how awesome would that be? $318 billion. What would you do if, if just right now you got $318 billion in, in your bank account and that's it, it's yours? I think, I'd be, I think I'd feel pretty settled in life. I think in my natural state I'd be feeling pretty comfortable. But not people like Rockefeller. One person asked him in an interview, how much is enough? And he replied, just one more dollar. And that's how it is. Enough is never enough for us. We have a God-sized hole in our heart. And one billion and 318 billion and no amount of anything can fill that hole besides God. Listen, people that always want are never satisfied. People that live for that next gain, temporal gain, which is actually loss, are never satisfied. But people that always wait on the Lord are never disappointed. I figured this out years and years ago, and it was one of those life-changing truths. I hope you're in your, your word and getting some life-changing truths. And, and this is one of the things the Lord just touched my heart with this thought, and, and it, it was one of those life-changing moments. That if I spent the rest of my life waiting on God, if he didn't answer another prayer, but I spent the rest of my, my life on my knees praying and waiting patiently on the Lord, it'd be a life well spent. Those that, those that always wait are never disappointed. The Bible says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We don't have to want. Why? Because we have a good shepherd. 
Psalm 23 is probably one of the most famous portions of Scripture in the Bible, and I think sometimes we could just kind of rattle through it without even thinking about what we're saying. But, but to me, verse 1 of Psalm 23 is one of the most amazing claims in the Scriptures. The Lord is my shepherd. Say it with me. I shall not. That's an amazing claim. The implication there is if we're living a life of want and we're living in disappointment, we're living in discouragement because we're always trying to fill this God-sized hole in our heart with the things of this earth, then the failure is not on God's part, the failure is on our part because he desires to be the good shepherd and the good shepherd has given his life for the sheep. He is a good shepherd and we can live without want, we can live above covetousness, we can be content if we'd simply be grateful. God-sized hole in our heart. Listen, you can live your life trying to fill that God-sized hole in your heart, but the honest truth is the more money you pour into it and the more pleasure you pour into it, the more experience you pour into it, the more power you pour into it, the more, the more empty you realize that hole is. Only God can fill that hole. And it's God's way to graciously fill that hole. And he says, hey, listen, you can know my goodness if you'll be, if you'll be content with the things around you and abide in my presence. I want, you to, I want you to go with me on a little journey. Okay, and we're almost done. But before, before we dismiss, I just want you to go with me. We live, in a, we live in an exciting time. We live in a time of great imagination, which is a different message. But I want you to journey with me, if you will, and I think you, you'll be capable of this, to Mars. And we have private industries heading out to space, and I want you to go with me to Mars right now, okay? Now, just, I don't want you to close your eyes because I think some of you, if you closed your eyes, you just wouldn't open them back up. But just, just with your mind's eye, I want you to go with me to Mars. But you're, actually, you're not going with me. You're going by yourself. You're there, and you're not there with your family. And you're not there with uh, the people sitting next to you. You're not there with uh, your classmates. You're not there with, with anyone else. You're there on Mars by yourself. You've all seen pictures of Mars. It it's, kind of looks like Mojave. If you're wondering where Mojave is, by the way, Pastor Chapel often talks about coming out to the backside of the desert. Well, Mojave is the backside of the backside of the desert. So you're there, and, and there's a lot of dust, and it's, it's red, right? And you have nothing with you. Nothing. Now you're allowed to feel that, fill that place. And, now, and by the way, I forgot to tell you this before you went. We were able to get you up there. Technology is not advanced enough to bring you back. You're stuck. I should have told you that before you left. But now you're there. You're stuck. And here's what you get to have there with you. Everything that you've given thanks for this week. Nothing more, nothing less. Not things that you would say, oh, no, I'm thankful for all those things all week. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about things that you have actively expressed gratitude and praised the Lord for. How's Mars looking? How's your new life on Mars looking? Now, this is the truth of the matter. That's exactly how your life looks now here. Because you only really have what you appreciate. 
possessions and experiences and relationships may be there, but if you're not thankful to God for them, then you're not genuinely having them, experiencing them, and knowing them in the Lord. And your life is as barren or as fulfilled as your life on Mars. How does your Mars look? If you're looking at it and saying, it's pretty barren, it doesn't have to be. And because God is concerned for you, he commands that you would be grateful. I mean, is your family there? Are your parents there? Are you saved? <laughs> no, I'm not preaching you can lose your salvation on Mars, okay? <laughs> Do you have a local New Testament church? Do you have food to eat and clothes on your back and all the blessings that you're experiencing? I mean, we live in a day and age that it's, we, we live in a bubble. We're so blessed as we live off the blood and sweat of our forefathers. But do you have it? Are you experiencing it? There used to be a game show. I don't even remember what the game show was called, but I remember seeing it when I was a kid, and, and I thought this was the coolest part of, of a game show I've ever seen. What they would do is they'd, they'd bring someone up, and they'd put them in this glass box. And maybe you've seen this before, but they got in this glass box and, and the bottom was filled with cash. And for like, I think it was like 20 seconds, 30 seconds, something like that, these fans would turn on and the money would begin to blow around them and they, they would grab this money and as much as they could grab, they could have. Now, you're fooling yourself if you don't believe God has blessed you richly. And that the blessings are blowing all around us. Gratitude is how we grab those blessings. How we enjoy those blessings. And God is concerned for us. And he says, I want you to give thanks. And this is my will. And it's concerning you. We are ingrateful if we can find nothing to give thanks for. The problem is not with our circumstances or our possessions or lack thereof. The problem is with us. Do you know how much you have to be thankful for? Give thanks for the simple things. Water and food and clothing and liberties and friends and family. And give thanks for the saints and the local New Testament church. I'll tell you what, if coronavirus has taught me anything as a pastor, we need fellowship. We spent two months with online messages and streaming and, and we'd call and take prayer requests and, and we'd communicate the best, but, but man, we desperately all needed fellowship. Give thanks for the local New Testament church and give thanks for your savior and for the, his mercy and his grace and the peace and the prayer and the Bible reading and, and, and soul winning and church and all the things that come with it. Three reasons to give thanks. God's work, what he's done, it's God's will we can't experience him without being in his will in God's way. And it's just like my God to command me to be obedient to him that I might know his blessings. And he commands you to be obedient that you might know his blessings. I want to encourage you to take a moment to pray with me in just a second and ask God to help us 
be more thankful than we are. I, I honestly believe that you did not rebuild. Not, I, I can't imagine any one of us was able to entirely rebuild all of God's blessings on Mars just a second ago. But we can, we can practice and grow and have a little bit more. If we be faithful to gratitude.